Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, my guest is Ruben Swartz. Ruben founded uh, Mimiron, the anti-CRM for solopreneurs dedicated to serving their clients, but hate coming across as salesy. Early on in his career, Ruben stumbled into sales and marketing as a consultant. He worked with Fortune 500 companies and realized what works for large large corporations is not what works for smaller boutique-style companies that need sales and marketing for growth but aren't looking to conquer the world or their market. Once he discovered this pain point, Ruben set out on a mission to help independent consultants and entrepreneurs grow their businesses without having to give up their mission of service. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation today. Ruben, thank you so much for joining me and welcome Jeff, to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So um, I really need to dig into this. How did you make the jump from that corporate earning that nine to five, getting that, uh, you know, that salary every two weeks to going out and st- and starting a tool that everyone can use and being able to help people increase their businesses. What happened that made you want to do all this? Well, I'd love to say that there was a grand strategic plan and vision, but there really wasn't. I was a little burned out after the whole dot-com era, and I thought I would use my skills that I had learned to consult with companies and travel the world and have a good time. And I wouldn't say it worked out exactly as I envisioned, but it worked out in some ways. And then over time, I realized that while we were building all these cool solutions for our clients, I was still stuck trying to use enterprise sales solutions along with email and Excel and prayer, basically, to grow my own business. And I thought there had to be a better way. What if I started building tools to make my life easier? And when I started doing this and I started telling some other folks about it, they said, hey, Ruben, that actually sounds really cool. Can I have access to that? And I took something that was really just like a little utility for me to make my life easier and turned it into an application that other people could use. And they started asking for more and more stuff. Hey, Ruben, I wouldn't like using Mimarin. I hate using my Salesforce and Zoho and whatever it is, my spreadsheet, my sticky notes. Can you make Mimarin handle all my CRM? And I remember saying the world does not need another CRM. That would be crazy. And I was searching around. I was like, somebody has got to have built this already. And I just couldn't find something that worked the way I wanted to work, that worked the way my tribe wanted to work. So I ended up just building it myself. You know, what's interesting, I'm glad you brought up the Salesforce and the, you know, and the Zoho's of the world. Every single time I tried to dip my big toe into that ocean, I always came out like, this is nuts, right? Like this is, um, even at the scales that I was working at, you know, like in corporate, I still couldn't wrap my head around all of the work that needed to go in just to make these tools functional, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then I started digging into some of these other tools that, uh, you know, like teamwork has a CRM Basecamp, the people at uh, 37 signals, mm-hmm. they had a CRM for a while called high rise. Yep. And then, you, and then you had all these others that just sort of popped in and they, and they filled these distinct niches in the market. Right. And, uh, you know, some would integrate, for example, with LinkedIn, others wouldn't, others would give you these views that look like spreadsheets and, you know, others would make it, you know, pretty graphics and funky colors and things like that. How did you figure out though, that first of all, the, you know, the big expensive sales force wasn't for you, but then building a platform from the ground up and then realizing it had more utility than just for yourself. What was that like, you know, like as you were developing it? Well, there's a lot of questions there. So first of all, I tried Salesforce at multiple points along the way. And I think I liked it best right when they were starting out when it was really simple. And then as they got more and more powerful, it got harder and harder for me to wrap my head around. And and this is not a slight on Salesforce. It's an amazing tool, an amazing company for the right people. I just wasn't the right person. So for me, one of the things that bugged me initially was I would send a proposal off to somebody. I'd finally done all this work, got to the point where like, Ruben, this sounds good. Send me a proposal. And then the meeting to discuss it would get rescheduled. And then I'd be stuck leaving those voicemails like, hey, Jeff, did you get my proposal? Just wondering if you had any questions and wondering if I should call back or not. Like if I don't call back, am I giving up? And if I call too much, am I looking too desperate? And I thought if I could just know if and when people are reading my proposals, this would get a whole lot easier. And so I realized if I could put the proposal online, I could answer that question. So I hacked together something and sent off a proposal and got the notification and called up the prospect and said, hey, Ruben, I'm so glad you called. I was just reading your proposal. And it was like, wow, this is this is kind of a, the way we should do it. We discussed things. At this point, I had gone from being really bad at writing proposals to actually being very good. So he said, hey, I want to move forward. I just want to clarify a couple things. We discussed changing a few words here and there. And he said, if you send me another version, I'll sign it and we'll get started. I said, well, if you go back and look, you can see I've made those changes already. Like, wow, that's really cool. So he accepted it. And five minutes later, we were ready to start work on the project. And I wasn't thinking of this as a sales tool. I was thinking of this as we both just want to do the work, right? That's what's actually important to both of us. This is just an obstacle in the way to make it easier or to that that we should streamline so that we can get to the work. And I was telling some people about this experience and that's when they started saying, Hey, I would like to be able to do that too. Can you let me in? And then people said, Hey, this is really cool. The end of my sales cycle is so much easier. What can I do to get more leads in the front of my funnel? And I thought, well, I'm a tech guy. I've built this proposal thing. Let me go do some research for these folks. This problem has got to be solved. And there's zillions of lead gen tools out there, of course. And you mentioned some of them earlier when we were talking, but I didn't find what I was looking for from my tribe because they're usually either for folks who just want an email address and then you just do a bunch of marketing automation until someone clicks add to cart or they're for folks who uh, have a big sales team that's going to pound the phones day and night, like say folks that might be a good fit for HubSpot. But if you're a solo consultant and you get a handful of leads a month, not that many but maybe more than you're getting off your website now, but you need to actually talk to them to turn them into a a real prospect. How do you do that? Well, I realized I had the ability to create the content, share it online and no one, so when someone was looking at it, what if I made it so you could plug this into your website and not just use it for proposals, but also use it for lead generation. And from there, people said, this is great. I can get leads. I can put them in Salesforce. I do my crm stuff. And then I put them in Memorand to write the proposal. But can you please get rid of the Salesforce piece in the middle for me? 
and you can see where that went. What's interesting about all this is how, you know, people are crafting the art of communicating with their prospects, right? And I really do call that an art because, you know, like you can be, you know, like the one just hitting the phones and just be that machine that makes 80 calls a day. Or you can be the person who sends out, you know, thousands of emails and make sure and text messages and all that and, you know, do that kind of follow up. But usually what I find is, you know, being able to tweak the method of communication and the, you know, the intention and the frequency of that communication is really is really what people need because all of these tools can basically do everything that I just listed. Right. But the question is, how do you do it in a way that you're not coming across as this, you know, bothersome, right? Mm -hmm. That you are actually delivering value and are able to make this, you know, like work not only for your organization, you know, but for others as well. Let's talk a little bit about about your one big tip, which is all about connecting with intention. Right. And I think that's really interesting because there are a plethora of automation tools. Like now we can automate, uh, you know, like Facebook friending, we can automate LinkedIn connections, things like that, even though the terms of service generally frown upon those. Mm -hmm. Right. But what happens is that, you know, when done right, doing those kind of messages at scale do work, right. You know, just don't, uh, you know, make sure to update the, you know, the variable first name field (laughs) or make sure, you know, you know, don't do those amateur mistakes. What do you feel is like the best, you know, like the best way for people to connect with intention? What does that mean to you? Well, this is funny because it represents really a, a long and slow and painful evolution on my part because I'm introverted. I hate selling. I'm a techie. And so I had I see a tremendous amount of appeal in these automated tools, right? Great. I don't have to pick up the phone. I don't have the conversations. I can scale it as much as I want, blah, 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 blah. Problem is, While it does work at a certain point, it doesn't work if you haven't laid the foundation correctly. And secondly, I think there's something sort of empty about trying to automate the communication. And we know when we receive some of these automated connection requests or spam messages in our inbox, we know how crummy that feels versus getting a call or an invitation to have a conversation with somebody that's actually having a conversation with us that we're going to appreciate. So one of the things that I realized both professionally and personally is while I'm introverted, I actually love talking to people. I just want to talk to people that I find interesting and I want to talk to them in a context about stuff that that I enjoy. And I think this goes for so many people who say, oh, I hate talking to folks. I can never pick up the phone, et cetera. The problem isn't picking up the phone and having the conversation. It's feeling like you're cold calling someone, feeling like you're bothering someone, feeling like you don't know what you're going to be talking about. But the way I flip it around is if you define your positioning well so that you get the right leads, you get the right referrals, you get people who want to talk about the stuff you are super passionate about, then it doesn't feel like you're selling anybody. You're just talking about stuff that you love talking about. And the right people are going to raise their hand and say, hey, how would it look for you to help me with this? You know, what's interesting about what you just said is that, you know, the people that say they don't want to talk, right? And it's funny because it is a skill that we all have, right? We use it every day. We need it to communicate. And I know I'm being obscenely simplistic about this, right? But at the end of the day, it's no different than dating, right? You know, you go out on a date, you got to talk. You can't just shut your mouth and pass notes, right? You know, you're talking to people anyways, 
you know, about, you know, when someone picks up the phone and calls you or whether you're going to, you know, you need to talk about what it is, you know, the service that you're providing, you have to go through this, right? However uncomfortable it makes you, right? You just have to make sure that you're getting the right uh, cadence in place so that you're not, uh, you know, doing something that is overtly uncomfortable for you. Right. And, and that's where I think, you know, any CRM, you know, can really help you with that. Because if you have, you know, just a little bit of situational awareness, did they go to the same school as you? Are they a podcaster like you and I, Mm -hmm. are they, you know, are, I, I, uh, have they worked in the same type of, uh, same type of tech that you have? What happens is that, you know, it makes these conversations a little bit easier and you don't have to have that fear of, you know, like picking up the phone and talking with somebody because you already have that, you know, that jumping off point, if you will, right? Absolutely. And I think we can even go further than that because I think there is this sort of mythology in in the sales world that it is like dating. And that is actually, I think that that adds unnecessary pressure to the whole situation. Like it's actually a lot easier than that, right? You're not trying to find one person. You're not trying to impress somebody. You are just having conversations, if you do it right, with folks who care a lot about your area of expertise. It's like when you go to the doctor, the first thing the doctor does is let everybody know, hey, I do knee surgeries for skiers, right? Or I do knee surgeries for old ladies. And so I don't go see the eye doctor for my knee surgery and vice versa. And if I'm an old lady or a skier, I go to different doctors. So that when you're in there talking to the doctor, there's no like, oh, I can going to convince you that I'm the person to do this because, you know, I'm super smart and hardworking. And that's the trap that a lot of consultants find themselves in. They say, I'm a doctor. I'm a business doctor. Whatever's ailing your business, I will fix it. Well, geez, that's broad. Right, exactly. And so that's why it's tough. And you find yourself working so hard to convince somebody who may not even be convincible, but even if they are, it's way harder than it needs to be versus, hey, if your business is a has a bum knee and you need to get back on the ski slopes, I'm the guy, I'm the gal. Because then you just talk to people who have that problem all day. And it doesn't feel like selling. It doesn't feel like marketing. And your your teaching is like, you know, here's 10 ways to strengthen your knees to get back on the slopes or 10 ways to strengthen your knees so you can get out of the nursing home and back to your house. Whatever the appropriate message is, you're attracting the right people. And then when you talk to somebody who grabs that content off your website, you're having a conversation about exactly what they want to be talking about. You're not convincing them of anything. Same thing with with your prospects further down the funnel. And then I think the thing that a lot of people ignore is the folks that they already know. And I I did this too. So all the mistakes I'm talking about, I have done myself. But there are so many people who already know you, hopefully like you and trust you and want you to succeed. And you don't have to call up your, your Rolodex or your LinkedIn connections or whatever and pitch them, but they should know exactly what you're doing because they may or may not be prospects. Probably they aren't. And you might even feel awkward pitching them or working with them, but they're going to know a bunch of people. And I see time and time again, so many folks who say, gosh, I wish I had more leads. I'm scared to pick up the phone, blah, 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 blah. It's like, call your friends. Just let them know what you're up to, right? And good things will happen. And that's where connecting with intention, I think, really starts. Like, you know, going back to the ski analogy, because it's 100 million degrees here in Texas, and the thought of, of being in the snow sounds really good. But, you know, you want to be the person zooming through the back bowls, but you got to start off on the bunny slopes, especially if you're scared. And you say, I don't want to pick up the phone. So the bunny slope is calling the people that you should already be talking to. 
right? That it's been too long. The people who were like, oh, Jeff, it's it's been a, over a year. Haven't seen you since before COVID, et cetera, et cetera. What's going on in your world? By the way, I want to ask you for some help because I started this new thing and I don't know how to use podcasting effectively or whatever it is. And it's just such an easy conversation. There's no, I think the, the hard part comes because people don't get their positioning right. And then they're trying to like push people into something or, or convince them that they should do something instead of figuring out what they should be, who they should be talking to and just letting the conversation do its thing. You know, that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what a lot of people should be doing. And I think, you know, adding on another layer to that is trying to figure out who, uh, you know, the people that you're speaking with, right. Figuring out how many of them, first of all, are problem aware, you know, that they know that they actually have a problem that needs solving. They may not know what the solution is, Mm -hmm. right. Or they may not know that there even a solution exists, but then getting them to the point where they're solution aware, right. So that they know that, okay, I know that I need to get, I know I need to get this tool or this consultant or this coaching in order to level up and be able to, and be able to close more sales. How do you incorporate, uh, you know, that whole concept of bringing people from, from problem aware to solution aware with the concept of connecting with intention? Well, I guess there's a few different places that you, people can sort of come from into your world. So we talked about folks that you already know who, who may or may not know what you do if you didn't tell them, right? And people are like, well, I sent out an email newsletter to my list. And we're like, well, okay, that's different than having an actual conversation right? As somebody who has made that mistake too. And I, I'm not saying don't send out the email by all means, send out the newsletter, but don't think of it as a replacement or a substitute for the conversation, more of an invitation to, to kick off the conversation. So you got those people that you already know, you can have a conversation with them and see, right? Some of them are going to say, Hey, that, wow, I've been looking for a solution to that. Help me. You got folks who are coming to your website and you've got folks who are coming through referrals and, and those things can bleed over into each other a little bit. But the better job you do with your positioning, the more likely it is that folks arrive ready to work with you, right? And that's that's the thing that, that people screw up. They're like, I'm a business doctor. And then all these ailing businesses show up, but it turns out that they're not necessarily great fits. And so- You know, what's interesting is that the, you know, like the first time I ran ads, you know, for my podcast, right? Or, you know, and for helping out and for trying to get people to- uh, to come to the podcast and listen, I ended up getting a whole bunch of, of, uh, people that really just weren't a great fit. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, uh, you know, the, the messaging was all off, the targeting was all off. And I just found myself wasting a lot of time and a lot of money, you know, just tr- like, wait a second, this isn't working. Right. So hurry up, go turn that off. And what happens is that it, it really helps you focus then into figuring out what it is that, um, you know, like, what do you want to be known for and what problem can you really solve for people? So you're right. You know, just declaring your intention that I'm a, you know, that I'm an ACE generalist. That's great. You know, kudos to you, but that's not necessarily going to help, you know, a lot of people solve problems. And normally the best way to do this is to niche down and then niche down again. And normally the way, you know, like your best successes are going to come from helping people that were you three to five years ago, right? That you were already there, (laughs) right? So you were already there. You already know all those pain points and that you know specifically how to address them as opposed to, you know, just grasping at straws. Like today I'm going to go help a life coach and tomorrow I'm going to help a, 
you know, an e-commerce store, you know, two completely different animals that really require two different skill sets. I think that's true. And I think there's an additional emotional layer to it that not only do you have the knowledge, but you have the feeling in your gut of knowing what the problem is like before and after you solve it. And so people can detect that and know, hey, this person gets it. They've been there. And now look at them. They're not doubled over in in metaphorical agony. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Uh, Ruben, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your uh, more about your product and how they can reach out to you directly. They want sure. to uh, get in contact. Sure. Uh, you can go to mimarin.com. That's M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com and find out all kinds of stuff about the CRM. It's a little different than your typical CRM. It does a bunch of things that most CRMs don't do. And it, there's a whole bunch of stuff that typical CRMs do that it doesn't mess with. Uh, you can also listen to my podcast, Sales for Nerds. You can find that at salesfornerds.io or wherever fine podcasts are provided. And you can reach out to me, Ruben at memorand.com or find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the, the only Ruben Swartz on there. Amazing, amazing stuff. Ruben, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff. And I really think that, you know, people listening to this, I hope it touches a nerve and will get people to take action. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. And if you're listening, one of the things that took me years to realize is sales and marketing, you think it's a necessary evil. You just got to slog through it. And if you're doing it right, it's actually going to be fun and you're going to enjoy it. So let that be sort of a little compass in your head. Like, am I actually having fun doing this? Because you should. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.